The Writer, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy. Psalm 98, verse 7 through 8. Has God ever spoken to you through the beauty of his creation? Perhaps the better question is, are we listening? The Rider, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck, read by Paul Diedrich. The mountain air is chilly, holding nature in its thrall. The summer long retired, surrendered fully now to fall. The morning dew clings stubbornly as it glistens and it shines, like countless teardrop diamonds on the needles of the pines. To this venue comes a rider, timeless bond of horse and man. Each one carries years of memories, each one shares a common brand. Their movements and their rhythm seem conducted without thought, as if countless times together they have journeyed, chased, and fought. The rider proceeds slowly, trusts his mount for every step. He holds the slackened reins, the horse's choices he accepts. For he's far beyond the roadway. Any trace of path or trail are the tracks made by coyote, antelope, or deer, or quail. The undergrowth soon thickens, and the wizened horse adapts, penetrating crops of thorns are deftly parried by his shafts. He nudges with his stirrups, gently prods the horse's sides, the creaking leather of the saddle singing sweetly as he rides. They move on through the morning as the sun just clears the peaks, causing wisps of steam to rise up from the web of streams and creeks. Then pushing past the tree line, higher up and higher in, the air just like the foliage growing ever crisp and thin. He searches for a spot to rest his tired back and knees, finally settling for an outcrop, broad and sheltered from the breeze. He achingly dismounts and ties his horse among the crags, removes a stash of kindling he'd put in his saddlebags. Laying firewood by habit, he puts flint and steel to tinder and gently coaxes up a flame from a tiny glowing ember. As the fire quickly catches, bringing warming pops and cracks, he sits down upon a blanket against a rock he leans his back. He allows his mind to wander, to recall and reminisce. Other places, other seasons, other journeys just like this. Once they traveled to the ocean, braving arrow, bow, and lance, traversing all of California just to view that great expanse. As they rode down to the shoreline where their quest had found its halt, he dipped his hand into the water, and with his tongue he tasted salt. He had ridden to the prairie, sought a Skinner's best advice in where throughout that sea of grass they might encounter herds of bison. But the Skinner only smiled and said, You're twenty years too late, for those beasts are mostly gone now. 
their demise was vast and great. The writer thanked him for his trouble, tossed a coin kept in his vest, pulled low his dusty Stetson, turned his horse, and galloped west. After days and days of riding, coolies crossed and rivers forded. He looked to the horizon and was handsomely rewarded. For frozen in the distance, as the dusk begins to run, a single bull stands silhouetted against the setting prairie sun. That memory brings a smile and an image to inspire as he reaches for some jerky, puts more wood upon the fire. Oh, the things that he has seen, mountaintops and winding canyons, burning deserts, verdant meadows, and finding God as his companion. So much time and so much distance from the brash young man he'd been, so impatient, overreaching, quickly gored by each new whim. Oh, he'd known selfish times with women, several brushes with the law. As he looked into his future, he closed his eyes at what he saw. Till one day, high on a hillside, as he finished up a ride, he thought back to a morning just before his mother died. He was only six or seven when he pushed upon the door. Her room, it smelled of lilacs from the perfume that she wore. Her final words stayed with him, as somehow, some way she knew. When you need him most, he'll be there, son. God will show himself to you. With that memory ever vivid, heartache creased upon his brow. In a voice choked with emotion, he said, God, that time is now. He moved his horse atop the rise, gave direction with his knees. As he did, a scent familiar carried to him on the breeze. From the vantage at the crest, his shackled spirit became free, for there a valley full of lilac, just as far as he could see. From that moment now to this, he found God in each new day, from the snows of deep December to the blooming flowers of May. And this truth has been his constant, so familiar, never foreign, that everywhere he's traveled, God has surely gone before him. He's been blessed to find redemption, find abundance in his search, with the rain as his baptizer and the mountains for his church. His sincerest act of worship, his unspoken thankful prayer, is to simply hear the silence, feel the earth, and breathe the air. The horse neighed his impatience, for they've still some way to ride, so he stands and folds his blanket, slips the flint and steel inside. Remounted now they amble, look to gradually descend, and locate that little valley where this trip will find its end. The rider tips his hat, speaks these words into the wind. I appreciate the hospitality. You've always treated me like kin. When my ride is finally over and my journey has transpired, I know I'll see you at the finish. We'll have coffee round the fire.
Like many of us, I don't think I ever feel God's presence more profoundly than I do when I'm out in His creation. Mountains, desert, forest, seashore, really doesn't matter. He speaks volumes through His handiwork. We seem to have very unfettered conversations when I'm sitting by a campfire or having waves roll over my feet. He can appear as vast as a mountain vista or as intimate as a butterfly. When laying under a star-filled sky with no manufactured lights to mute its brilliance, even the heavens declare His majesty. Take some time to let God speak peace to you through the wonder of His creation. Even if it's nothing more than watching birds through a window, Matthew 10 verse 29 tells us that not a sparrow falls that our Heavenly Father doesn't know about it. How much more infinitely does He love you and me? The little birds remind us, and then infinite heavens too. God is in it all.